0: I-V-M I-V-M
1: Hey everyone, this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA. I'm Monish and joining me as does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries. It was... Quite a funny day in the NBA yesterday because we were talking about the top six in the East. We have talked about the top six in the East multiple times. And what happened yesterday was the Sixers lost, the Cavs lost, the Sixers lost to the Wizards, by the way, and the Cavs lost to the Rockets. And the Brooklyn Nets lost to Sacramento Kings. Something's weird at the Eastern Conference. Three teams in the top six lost to teams that are not even contending uh, for playoffs. Uh, Boston somehow came up with a win and there are now 10 wins out of the last 13 games. The Lakers won and it was a great performance by Anthony Davis. Do you feel good about the Anthony Davis performance, by the way? Is he making a comeback? It's okay. Uh, Again,
2: it's the same answer all the time. It, it Players like Anthony Davis, we should not be celebrating when they play <laughs> the way players like Anthony Davis are expected to play. Nobody celebrates when Steph hits five, five or six threes in a game. It's It's what he does. So I'm glad he's doing it. Uh, welcome back, Anthony Davis. Can you please fucking stay fit this time?
1: <laughs> I spoke about the three uh, East teams and the East table is crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, the right. one to six, you, it can just flip around in a week. Uh, a week ago, Brooklyn Nets were on top of the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference and now they're in the sixth spot and just two games ahead of Charlotte Hornets who are in the seventh spot in the plain spot. Yeah. The, Will the Brooklyn Nets even be in the playoffs directly? Uh, we'll find out. I mean, there's lots, lots of stuff to talk about, but in today's episode, I wanted to focus about what additions can these six teams make that will make them stronger. Uh, it's just one week left for the trade deadline. So teams might be rushing now to get deals done. Uh, they've been sitting on their butts for like the last few months, but <laughs> the last minute is where all the deals get done, right? So interesting week coming up in the NBA. Let's talk about uh, trades that these six teams need to make. Whether you're an established sportsperson or a budding one, or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday.
0: Only on the IBM Podcast Network.
1: Trust us, it's gonna be lit. So not many trades have happened after the season began this year. Uh, just the recent non-hype bowl bowl to Boston and Bryn Forbes to Denver, yeah. Hernan Gomez to Spurs. That was a uh, three-team trade. Nobody really spoke about that too much. Uh, there was this one weird trade where Atlanta traded away Cam Reddish to New York for pretty much no one. They got a pick and Kevin Knox, I guess. Um, Nobody is playing for their yeah. uh, lineups anyway, so that didn't make a lot of hype. Earlier in the season, Cavs got Rondo and that didn't really make a lot of hype, but he's a good backup to have uh, when Garland sits out or needs rest uh, because they have their uh, other guards injured, Sexton and uh, Rubio both got injured. So, Ronda was a good addition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about the six teams, okay? And from these, the easiest way to go about this is the Bucks because they don't need to add anyone. Um, They have a championship roster. They're pretty much running it back. They made a few additions in the offseason. So, I don't think they need to make um, any additions there? Do you agree with that, or do you think they need to still bolster the lineup? I think the only piece missing for them is the return of Brook Lopez. Uh, we don't know if he's going to return this season. We don't know how fit he's yeah. going to be if he returns. Uh, that's somewhat hurting them. But apart from them, I don't. Apart from that, I don't think they need to make any additions. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think they're fine. Also, the backups are not too bad. Uh, but yeah. sure Lopez would bring some of that experience and and the championship DNA back. But I think they're all right. And and it's also a very short-term thing. Lopez, yeah. they would expect him to be around for next season and I think he would be still in their plans for next season. Um, not quite there at that twilight phase where they start discussing movies. He's not in that Mark Gasol uh, situation of last year, right? So so yeah. I think, I don't think they're going to panic trade and give up, uh, give up stock uh, this, point, this point in the season. I think they're okay. They're all right.
1: Okay, The other team that should probably be okay is the Miami Heat because uh, yeah. they didn't have their main starting five for the most part of the season and they did okay. Uh, they in fact were on top of the Eastern Conference just a few days back. So I don't think they need to make any additions. One thing that they'll be looking forward to is probably the return of Victor Oladipo. Uh, he still exists, by the way, still an NBA player. Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to to return sometime in Feb. So if he returns, uh, they can only consider it a bonus if he manages to play <laughs> even a fraction of what he used to. Yeah. If so, he returns,
2: they can consider he's going to go out in a week or so again. <laughs>
1: So, Miami Heat and the Bucks, that kind of rules them out. I don't think they're going to make any trades. I think they have enough uh, depth in their roster. They have enough quality in their roster that they'll still remain contenders. So, they don't need to make any additions. Uh, The remaining four teams are the ones that might need a little bit of tweaks. And let's start off with the Cavs here. Uh, Do you think the Cavs need to make any additions? They have a good starting lineup, uh, but without a shooting guard. (coughs) They have Garland, they have Mobley and Allen, who are kind of untouchable right now. And Markanen at the number three spot. Kevin Lau off the bench. J.D. Osman of the bench, he's been awesome as well. Uh, they don't have that shooting uh, guard. Do you think they need to add someone over there, get some experience maybe? Isaac Okoro is the one who starts now.
2: I mean, they like, have a guard. He's just on on this bum in a hospital bed. He's going to be <laughs> back at some point. And he's an exciting guard at that. So, yeah, yeah. so I think that that uh, the Sexland backcourt of Sexton and Garland is... is he's an score. expiring
1: contract. So would, they, would he still be in their plans? Given that Garland is up for... Uh, yeah, but then as well. you're right.
2: You're right about the uh, uh, the expiring contract. But they have a working thing. Why would they want to change that up? Unless they get something in return, which would obviously then be through a sign and trade. So somewhere or the other, I, I would expect uh, Sexton to still be a part of their plans because the alternative for them to replace Sexton, if it's not a sign in trade, is to let him go, uh, which then means either they have to give up a bunch of assets to get another player worth him, worth Sexton's uh, ability. Or they have to go attract free agents, which Cleveland, frankly, I don't like their chances of doing that. So they've got to make something of Sexton. Uh, that's one. Two. Um, they've got a great thing going. Why disturb that? Because now, with let's assume Sexton's back. Let's assume he stays for a second. Mm-hmm. And the alternative is they they flip him for someone good. Uh, either way, they have their backcourt then sorted. Um, they have this. <clears throat> excuse me. This two big man approach seems to be working working pretty well for them with, with Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, and they've got whoever else is playing uh, on the lineup of the benchmark and then whatever. Now, in that, if they insert somebody like a Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who offers them good defense, but they're already a great defensive unit, Cleveland. And Jeremy Grant, his whole reason for moving out of Denver, who, which was a contending team, Right mm-hmm. now, I'm hearing talk of he wants to go to a contender. You were at a contender,
1: why did you move out? Right? I don't think so he, he wants to go to a contender. I think a lot of contenders are looking at him to be a uh, yeah, but that that's the thing. Team. I I don't know if he is because so he moved out to
2: Detroit because he wanted to go do his own thing and which he did for a while. It is okay, he kind of stat padded, but it didn't really make a huge impact on the league. Uh, he was just uh, the only people who had him in the fantasy teams noticed what he was doing, right? So it's not really a spectacular impact now. If he comes into Cleveland, uh, the talk around the league is he wants to be a major part of the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which means there's going to there's going to have to be players called for him. There's going to be <clears throat> a lot of usage rate being eaten up by him. Why would Cleveland want that when they're developing so many young players? Why would somebody like the Bulls or anyone similar want that when they're developing so many young players? Or for that matter, even New York. Why would you Why would you want that? Mm-hmm. Like the chem- the botched Kemba experiment is proof enough that. When you have a bunch of young players you're trying to develop around a youngish core like Randall uh, and and Bullock and all of these guys who are there to support the, the stars, don't model it up by bringing this sort
1: of semi-veteran guy who wants the ball. Uh, would you add, forget uh, Jeremy Grant for a second, yeah. would you want to add some experience to that bench? Like I know Rondo's there but someone like say uh, Eric Gordon who's probably one of the more uh, tradable pieces in Houston because they're looking at a rebuild, and he's the only experienced guy out there. Uh, do you think someone Curry like to, to,
2: to the Cleveland bench? Cavlin, uh, yeah, Cle- yeah, yeah. Cleveland bench, yeah. Uh, you could, but what problem are we solving for? Because
1: they have well, their... apparently dependent on your big three to play every minute possible, right? Yeah, which is,
2: which is 25 out of 30 teams in the league that that's true for. So, <laughs> so I think. I, the only thing to be solved for maybe is playoff depth, where mm-hmm. uh, some of that experience in the locker room counts. Um, you know, like your who's your Jeff Green? You know, who's your uh, yeah. uh, PJ? PJ? Excuse me, PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. That agreed, agreed. But Eric Gordon, that's another hospital bed care of address. <laughs> right, that's another John Wall, another already post story. When when was he ever fit? I've been. From a year before the bubble season, the Rockets have been waiting for Gordon to come and become that corner three guy. Mm-hmm. Eventually, P.J. Tucker became the corner three guy, then became the center, the number five, and then he went out. And Gordon still is still rehabbing. They brought in and are now trying to move out John Wall. Gordon's still in and out, in and out. He's injured, <laughs> he's fit, but he's injured again, but he's fit. Um, they need experience, but they don't need it at that cost. I don't think Aaron Gordon's going to cut it. Uh, I think Rondo's good enough uh, for now. I think they've got a great basketball mind on that bench and this it's not like the squad is in a hurry to win a chip this year it's not like the, the Bengals they can they can just light it up this year so this time I, I wouldn't be too fussed about the Cleveland program um, maybe get, find some value in the draft and, and continue
0: building Hey everybody, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On Storytellers and Storytellers, Vineet talks to filmmaker and production designer Uzair Merchant. He shares how he's created the world's first ever NFT music video. On The Habit Coach, Ashton talks to Joe Town, Hollywood actor and coach of the performer's mindset. They decode various aspects of the high performer mindset and how to deal with mind blanking. On Press Decode, Sara Waghda Vagda and Prafula discuss the controversy around Joe Rogan's Spotify podcast and Netflix India's Growing Woes. On The Longest Constitution, Priya discusses menstruation, maternity and disability at the workplace. And on Ikatuka Economy, of and Dr. Jinjinwala discuss the effects of rising inflation. Do follow us on social media. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Also, please do tell a friend. It really does help us when you spread the word about our podcast. And I'd also like to ask you if you could rate or recommend wherever you listen to our podcast. And speaking of where you listen to this show, if you're on an Android phone, do check out our new Android app. We have a brand new app with a brand new listening experience. Definitely check it out. I think you will enjoy it. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Bank of and Coinsuch Kubert. Thank you so much for making this possible.
1: Okay, I'm glad you brought up the Jeremy Grant thing because uh, yeah. I was talking about the Chicago Bulls next and they would exactly need a player like Jeremy Grant. I know that Jeremy Grant would not like to be the fourth option on this yeah. team because after Alonzo, Vucevic... Actually, the fifth option, if you consider. The is two, the fifth uh, option. Absolutely. He's the fifth option, right? I don't think he would like it, but wouldn't the Bulls love to have someone like Jeremy Grant at the number four spot, With is kind of lacking for the Bulls right now. I mean, if you look at the other teams, all of them have the big man to take on Yanis, who's the final, who's the benchmark in the Eastern Conference. Jeremy right? Grant's going to take on Yanis. He's a good defender. <laughs> you saw that in the bubble. He was guarding the team as opposition's best player. I'm not but... telling he can take on Yanis, but... <laughs> He can kind of sure. <laughs> reduce the impact that Yanis is going to have. This. Miami, he don't need a big man to do that. They have they have the resources. Brooklyn uh, yeah. are not even looking to stop Yanis. Mm. They're just going to go and light yeah. it up from yeah, the yeah, other yeah, end. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. the plan is. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland have two big men who can kind of hold their own against Yanis. Yeah, okay. So, they have a shot. They have a shot.
2: They have because a shot. It, yeah. They have a the size.
1: Yeah, and they have two. And I mean, and it's the closest, the, sorry, it's the
2: closest any team has come since, say, uh, uh, Ibaka and Magasar. Uh, yeah, the Raptors exactly, are against, right?
1: But they also exactly. had yeah, Kawhi. by the way. He took three people <laughs> to stop Yanis. And when you look at all of these teams, Bulls are the guys who don't have yeah. that impact big man no. on their no. roster. Nobody. Buchevich is not a defender that you're going to put against Yanis. He's going to yeah. eat you up. Yeah. Right? So someone like Jeremy Grant could kind of put the brakes on Yanis to an extent. I'm not saying he will stop him. He could probably score 30 against the Bulls instead of 50. Uh, right now, if he plays against the Bulls, he's going to eat them up. You know what? I, I think, think gonna... no, I think
2: Giannis will eat, eat Jeremy Grant up. I don't think he has, has a shot in hell of doing anything to Giannis. I think Giannis will walk all over him. It'll mm-hmm. be a massacre and a bloodbath. Here's why Jeremy Grant's a good defender. He's, he's, he's good, good for his position. He's very versatile, gives a lot of players uh, trouble. Think of the bubble season. I don't remember who they beat in that second round. Was it the Jazz or was it the Clippers? Yeah, the jazz. the Jazz. No, jazz was, jazz was round one. Then Clippers was round two, I think, right? When they came yep. back. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, so yep. Jeremy Dan Grant did a good job on Paul George. Mm-hmm. He did an okay job on Kawhi. Kawhi still got the better of him in mm-hmm. a bunch of games. But then Kawhi was, it's typical Kawhi, he sits, sometimes he stands, sometimes he sits, you don't know what he's up to. But come the conference finals, and Jeremy Grant had one job, and one job only. He was put on LeBron James. He had no shot. Mm-hmm. LeBron James walked LeBron all over James. him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but yeah, but it's Giannis uh, and and you know AD walked all over Jokic and that series was was done before it even began. Uh, so against the elite, I have never seen Jeremy Grant come up with anything special. That's against LeBron James, where he's somewhat evenly matched at least height-wise, if not strength-wise and and weight-wise. Again, he has got no shot, brother. He's gonna get walked all over. So I I don't think so. That's one red flag. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad idea anyway. To build the clippers learned it the hard way. Do not build your squad keeping just one guy in mind in the entire yeah. conference. It it doesn't work. By the time you get to the playoffs, somebody else will take you out. Because you're not built to take on this guy, you're built to take on that guy. So um uh, the other problem with the Bulls is they've already got too little of the ball to go around and somehow mm-hmm. miraculously they found a way to make it work where everyone's yeah. contributing. Remains to be seen how motivated Vucevic is, but but so far so good. Why would they want to add this moping figure who's jumped jumped ship once uh, recently and who's getting traded again and who walks in expecting that he'll get the ball over Levine and DeRozan and uh, Lake get out. A, I think they require a number four, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe more of a team player number four. I, I'd, I'd kill for for Collins to go to, to the Bulls, but what do they give up is the question.
1: Oh, they'll have to give up a lot, a lot yeah. to get Collins. They need yeah. someone who can add that value without uh, really spending too much, right? So, Yeah. any players yeah, I think It's just a, a
2: fit issue, I guess. I guess with, with him, there's a fit issue. Or oh, maybe they could figure out some sort of three-way trade where... Uh, because Sacramento has been in the market offering people left, right and center to everyone and yeah. anyone for anyone. Right. Uh, starting with the Ben Simmons thing. So clearly there is some intent there to rebuild. And this isn't just this season. Last season also they were in a hurry to let Bogdanovich go. Healed yeah. they've been willing to trade for two seasons now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's some unrest there now. Whether there's a method to the madness or they just, uh, they're just in panic mode using their wild card in Fantasy League parlance. I don't know. <laughs> but there is a willingness to trade and an intent. Now, um, maybe there's a three-way trade to be made because I think the mm-hmm. Kings would benefit from from Jeremy Grant. I think the Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant to the Kings thing also works for Jeremy Grant because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is enough of the ball to go around there. He can take up a shooter's role. I don't think you would have a problem with that. I don't think um, uh, uh, Fox would, would have an issue integrating Grant into the offense. Now, they also have a, a few big guys that yeah. I don't know if they have any clue how to use. <laughs> and every year they keep acquiring and letting off big guys. That I don't think they've ever figured out how to use. And this has been true since like the year 2000. The last big guy they knew how to use was Stojakovic. So um, I think there's something, oh, was it Turklju? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. So there's maybe some value there where they get uh, Jeremy Grant,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where one of their big men moves on to, to uh, the Bulls. They send something else down the road to to Detroit, and then Bulls give up whatever is the difference to to Detroit.
1: yeah. Bulls have a, a a young Patrick Williams who's injured this season, but high high uh, what do I say? High potential. He will, he went as a number four pick last season, right? So they have Patrick Williams whom they can trade. They have the 2022 first round pick, whom they, which Detroit yeah. would be glad to have, uh, given that they're in a rebuild phase. So yeah. hmm, something. So cool. maybe
2: something like that can work because otherwise the Bulls would have to give up more than uh, what it would take. And I don't think Grant is a fit. So they need to get a third team involved. So they can get something from that third team. Detroit can get something from the third team and then the third team gets their big run. Find mm-hmm. a desperation squad, which is a hey, Sacramento.
1: Interesting. <laughs> uh, the next teams, the next two teams I want to talk about are the interesting teams because uh, one includes Ben Simmons and the Sixers. And the other, we'll talk about the other one because I'll get over faster. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets who have now <laughs> lost six in a row and are the sixth seed currently. A week ago, they were <laughs> the top seed and it looked like uh, you had to beat the Brooklyn Nets to go through the Eastern yeah. Conference. Will the Brooklyn Nets even be in the playoffs right now? Kevin Durant has gone uh, has gotten injured, and since then uh, they have lost pretty much everything. Kyrie Irving and James Harden don't seem to cut it out uh, just by themselves. I don't; they need the defense, right? I mean, Harden and Kyrie can light it up on one end of the floor, and when Harden doesn't, like he didn't yesterday, uh, it's just Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. These this team. Unfortunately, they don't even have assets to trade away. Yeah, so they're stuck with this score. They, they don't have a lineup card. to put points if the big two don't fire. Exactly. So out. what do the Brooklyn Nets do? Yeah, They're already over the luxury tax. Any addition, I was looking at uh, the trade uh, machine and any addition like a 5 million player, a 6 million player, I, I just put in Chris share. Yeah. it'll cost them 41 million yeah, extra yeah, yeah. to yeah. assign a 5 yeah, million It's million not player. worth
2: it. It's just not worth so it. So
1: yeah. what do the Brooklyn Nets do from a <clears> just <throat> pray and hope? Yeah, what else will you do? Because
2: even that 40 million, Let's say they get Boucher or somebody of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will get similar value at that price range. They have to spend 41 million on him, which is just a little shy of what the Lakers pay Russell Westbrook, whose contract is wow, inflated. Um, and they get what out of this. Boucher comes to the nets. Are they going anywhere? Is that the difference? Absolutely not. If KD is there, sure. Boucher is a good enough bolster. It's still not a guarantee, but with that firepower and Bush's energy, whatever, you can make something. So Busher was just an example. I'm not saying that he's coming. No, I'm saying, but yeah, whoever yeah. else you get in that price range is not going to be twice yeah. as good as Boucher or, or yeah. the difference maker. So <clears throat> yeah, they, they just hope and pray. It's what happens when you bring in three superstars. That's what it does to your cap. And uh, and also when one of those superstars is as volatile as Kyrie, this, this is the kind of mess you get yourself into. They've only gotten worse since last season. I don't think they've they've become better.
1: Yeah, they lost some of the depth and then they lost is yeah. you know, injured who's probably the biggest piece in all of these. Uh, Amongst these three, I think KD is the most impactful, right? So by KD's far, out, by far, yeah. But KD sitting out, uh, it just doesn't help the Nets at all.
2: It's not just the defense, it's with him coming in. Now there's so much offense that you can live by not having a great defense. That's in the regular season, all of these struggles. Imagine when they get to the playoffs and they start facing nicer caliber, especially teams that... Uh, in a seven-game series, it's the same team. Again, yeah. go at them again and go at them yeah. again. It's, it's a whole different ballgame. It's going to be tough for the Nets. That's why I wasn't too hyped about them. And that's why I was laughing when there were odds-on favorites all through the year. I said, for what yeah. pleasure exactly? For yeah. me, it's the Bucks in the East. Um, overall, uh, it's between Phoenix and, and the Warriors. I'd say right now, they, one of them is the is the hot favorite overall. But given that the Bucks are the Bucks and there's Giannis and Giroud and who, who just... To level. defending champions. Yeah, you gotta give them that respect. So maybe I'd put them as a touch above the rest in, uh, as the favorites. But it's between these three teams. Brooklyn's not even in the equation for me right now.
1: Okay. Uh, the team that has been making a lot of strides and are suddenly sitting in second place. They were second until yesterday's loss. So now they moved to third place in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers. Hey. And we've been speaking about this since <laughs> when? Since Ben Simmons missed that layup in June, and it's Feb now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's around six eight months now since we've been talking about the ben simmons and where is he going he's been linked to 29 other teams uh we started off by saying well will ben simmons get james harden in return no that was never happening we knew that and then we went from uh cj McCollum, dame lillard no Uh that's not going to happen then we went to okay not dame lillard can we get a cj mccullum at least no that didn't happen uh, then you, Sacramento, like, we'll give our entire roster. Will you give us Ben Simmons? Daryl Morey is yeah. like, no, I, I want Sacramento and their entire population as well. Can I move to California? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's not happening. And now it seems like uh, they're not going to get anyone in return. It's just one week left. I don't see this deal finishing, if at all. I mean, I don't see teams agreeing to Ben Simmons. If, or the Sixers will have to take a massive downgrade. Uh, they are settling for someone like Bradley Beal now, who's eligible for a max extension at the end of this year. Uh, this this point now probably because the Sixers were too stubborn about the value of Ben Simmons which nobody else agreed with Yeah, and now they're desperate because Joel Embiid is playing amazing basketball and you think that you have a chance to win the title if you have another player beside him who can really contribute Yeah, is Beal that guy first of no. all and does Beal for Ben Simmons make sense to anyone? Uh, pff, oh.
2: Uh, <laughs> what a bizarre situation let's look at it from the Wizards angle uh-huh. Ben Simmons uh, is on a decent-ish contract I don't think if he moves mm-hmm. to the wizard, let's say this trade happens they don't have any trouble of, of Supermax being in the him for intense. next three years, 3
1: years
2: at least right? and even then I doubt Supermax will be on the table unless there's some drastic change in how he plays mm-hmm. although DPOI can't be ruled out with Ben Simmons but, but yeah yeah, but three years away, it's fine, they'll figure it out. And if he's really that good eligible for Supermax, they'll find takers even if they don't want to renew. So they avoid that because with Beal, they have to be the Supermax now, like at the end of the season, yep. they need yep. to renew, renew or, or risk losing him for nothing. So uh, there is that situation. Is Beal or the Supermax first from the Wizards angle? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Maybe they right.
1: still, still sat at the top of the Eastern Conference like they did at, after 15 games. Yeah, he could consider it know. well, okay, but now they are in eleventh spot. They've just slipped. That, yeah, but that he, they've fallen off the cliff. No, you're right. But
2: even even when they were at the top, I don't think Beal had a disproportionate. Yeah, he is having a that. disappointing year. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's just everyone. Now they've added so many pieces. Dinwiddie is that and the other. Now all right, and Coos is uh, he's been having a breakout year. So uh, yeah, I don't think Beals are the supermax. So the Wizards are not entirely wrong to say we don't want to give him the supermax. In which case, what choice do we have but to trade him? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that assessment which by the way a lot of teams have been getting these right I'm quite surprised uh, we've come a long way from the era of John Walls and Russell Westbrook yeah. getting 45 million mm-hmm. yeah. um, because Phoenix said no to Aiton's max
1: True. and so far they've been proven right Aiton's yeah, been out for a while this and... year I mean he's been missed up he's missed a bunch of games so their backups fire. have been doing well they added Biombo yep. on a he's back Biombo.
2: yeah been great. he's been yeah. doing pretty really well yeah, so good good on the front office, uh, bad for the players, but but I agree with the Wizards' perspective. Now, what do they get in return? Simmons. does it make sense. Yeah, I mean, there's really no winning in this scenario, but, but yeah, sure. At least they're what uh, the Supermax, they save some cap room and maybe build around Simmons. Does it make sense for Simmons? Yes, because the only thing that I think that I see working out for him right now is to go to a market with no expectations, where yeah. he can be the focal point and the offense is built to suit him, not trying to get him to suit the offense yeah. as, as was the case with Embiid. Uh, there could be something worth salvaging. I've always advocated this. I think this. I don't think Ben Simmons is a done deal. I don't think he's done and dusted. I think there's a lot to be explored there, and it'll be fascinating to see him grow. So so far so good. Does it make sense for the Sixers? <sighs> if you want to salvage something for Ben Simmons, yeah, I think wheels not a bad place to be right now, given how much into the ground his value has been driven. You would need a team looking for a similar sort of okay, we're ready to compromise um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: trade. Um, it's like it's like one are looking for another in an arranged marriage ecosystem. That's pretty much how it how it works. Um, so <clears throat> they, they can salvage something. Is that going to make them win the chip this season? Uh, not really. I have said this plenty of times before, even on this show, right? That I don't think um, Beal is the number one player on a championship winning team. I don't think he's the number two player on a championship winning team. He can be a, he can be a wiggins. He can be a number three. championship winning team. That's assuming Wiggins is number three in the Warriors by the way. So uh, I I just don't think he's not that guy. I've been saying this all year long. I said it last year. He is just not that guy. I don't care how many points per game he puts up. He's not the guy to carry uh, a team through to the playoffs when everyone else sucks. That's Westbrook. He is not the guy uh, to to win playoff series single-handedly for his team. That's Lillard. Beal is just not that guy. He's a great player, great great shooter. That's about it. What is he going to add the, to the 76ers? He'll add points. Okay. Uh, defense? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Gone. And and can he carry the team in, in Embiid's absence of an Embiid is load managing or whatever? Absolutely not. Uh,
1: yeah. So
2: their dream of getting Lillard would probably be the way to go. I don't think that's happening. Their backup dream of getting Harden at least for a year or two is the way to go. I don't think that's happening. So I I think at this stage, it's a salvage uh, and and stop loss or or curtail your losses situation. And yeah, yeah, I can maybe see this deal making sense, but not Mm. for the chip. It's not going to get them the chip.
1: Mm. Do you uh, you think that the Sixers are responsible for the mess they are in? I mean, they could have traded Ben Simmons for uh, CJ and a bunch of other guys from Portland. And would that have been a better fit?
2: Absolutely. Because they would have got more pieces. And yeah. they're given themselves some more time uh, yeah. and an entire season to try these guys out. If nothing else, you can elevate CJ to the level where you can trade him for similar value in return yeah. or picks or whatever. Yeah. Um, with with Simmons right now, they just let him rot and yeah. and they they went from a, you can get say a hundreds worth of value for this player to, I don't know, like a 70 or a 60s worth of value, even Beal they're only getting because Wizards are similarly desperate. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. they won't even get this on the table. So yeah, absolutely, they uh, they are to blame for this for this mess. Uh, speaking of how Phoenix were right on Ayton, there are two teams that were absolutely wrong in, in my opinion, at least, on mm-hmm. how they dealt with with personnel management issues. Sixers with Ben Simmons, they should have cut their losses. They should have let him go. It, it was clear as day. He has no interest to to play for this team. No interest to show up. No interest to kiss the ring. He's out. That is as clear yeah. as possible. I think they sat on ceremony. They they were too pr- proud to to move this guy on. Uh, and maybe there was pressure from the owners who said you know we shouldn't let players dictate terms but in a bad situation it's a bad situation move, move on so that was one one That was one very bad call and the other was the Nets that just made a mockery of themselves by saying yeah. we are a club we are a franchise with values at this ball club we don't accept things like he can play away games not home games so Kyrie will not suit up for the Nets and I cut to 4 months later a couple of injuries and i like yeah Kyrie can play it's alright it's okay it's fine once in a while it's alright it's cool
1: all good the enough. Nets had to make a decision on Kyrie as well at the end of the season, and Harden. Yeah. So that will be interesting to I'll see. Harden, to find... I think they will offer him a contract. Uh, that goes. Will Harden person, stay though? If he's interested, they, I'm yeah. sure he'll get a contract. And if not, in uh, Brooklyn he he'll get a contract anywhere. It's not. Yeah, a Lakers. Kyrie is the problem yeah. because I don't think the Brooklyn would want to offer him a new contract.
2: Yeah, they don't. So why is that a problem? He he'll he'll also find takers anywhere he goes.
1: True, true. But it'll be a small market team, more or less.
2: No, I, if the vaccine mandates are off, I think he'll, he'll attract elite attention. Uh, mm. Hey, why not Philadelphia if they're still without a point? Kyrie and Embiid, that I'll pay to watch.
1: Mm. Okay, okay. So, this, so the this, Sixers wait till the end right. of yeah. the season and then try to get Kyrie. They're not going to get anyone right now that will make them get them any, anywhere close to the championship. So do they need? I mean, for the Sixers, do you think they should still hold on to Ben Simmons and hope that they can still salvage more than Beal? The deeper this goes, the worse it gets.
2: They'll be gambling big time. It'll be hoping that another team gets similarly desperate to what the Wizards are right now. And Mm -hmm. assuming that they have somebody worth even that desperation sort of a move.
1: I think that's what they were waiting for until now, right? They thought a playoff team would be happy with Ben Simmons and they could get some value. But if you're getting Ben Simmons from a playoff team, then you need to give away this much value, which nobody is going to give. So I don't know what they were thinking.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like waiting for a straight on a poker table on the last flip. It's such a big gamble. The odds are stacked against you. Why would you do that? It makes no sense.
1: Okay. Um, I'm glad we discussed the six teams. Uh, that's all on today's episode. It was great fun talking to you as always. I'll come back and speak to you tomorrow. All right, man. Peace.
2: Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fans' point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges & Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday, as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.